It is a beautiful Monday morning. That's not a good start, is it, John? No, no. Let's say it like this. Try and apply that theory to any other industry in the world. It's a scam. I was betting like 70, 80k. This is the Trademate Sports Betting Podcast, helping you beat the bookmakers. G'day everyone and welcome to episode 137 of the Trademate Sports Betting Podcast, a betting preview of UFC 266, headlined by the featherweight title fight between Alexander Volkanovsky and Brian Ortega. Today I am joined by ex-MMA fighter, smart sports trader, and maybe later we'll be joined by the great Jonas Yelstad. You never know. Surprise guest there. What was that? Sorry. A surprise guest, Jonas. Just uh, yeah. <laughs> pop up whenever. We're not sure. <laughs> you, you never know when he's going to pop up. So we'll, we'll see how we go. Quiz question for this week, mate. Who was Ortega's first opponent in the UFC? And what was the result of the match? So... Uh, Really, uh, really testing all those uh, all those brain cells that you that you might have lost from uh, all your concussions <laughs> you've had from fighting. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Hope you weren't fighting back in 2014, mate, because that's how far I'm taking you back. Um, all right, mate. Today we're going to go through the three main fights on the card. So we've got Diaz, Lawler, Shevchenko, Murphy, and Volkanovski, Ortega, of course, and then. Uh, before that, sorry, we are going to cover four of the fights outside of those three main fights. So, mate, you've got three bets. I've got one, but I mean, you kind of share the same opinion as me on my one. But uh, let's uh, let's get kick started. We'll we'll throw over to you and go uh, Turner versus Medic, and I'll get the odds up on the screen at the same time. Yeah, so I really like this bet. Um, you got J- uh, Jalen Turner versus uh, Eros Medic. So Turner's fought a few times in the UFC. He's uh, he's really tall for the weight class. He's like six foot three. Um, he's got a seventy-five inch uh, reach. So he's really rangy. He's a good striker. He kind of models himself on Anderson Silva. So he kind of um, you know he doesn't fight at a super uh, fast pace. He kind of looks to counter and, and use that uh, range advantage that he's got. But he's got some more unorthodox kicks. Uh, he's got really good grappling as well. He showed that in his last two fights. He's uh, he uh, submitted Brock Weaver in his last fight, uh, and then he had a ground and pound stoppage before that against Kulibau. Uh, and his losses in the UFC have come against pretty good competition as well. He uh, debuted against Vincente Luque, and he fought up a weight class, and, and he lost in the first round. But you know, he, you know, he showed some flashes of his striking in that fight, uh, and he's also lost against Matt Frivola. Um, but outside of that, you know, he, he's looked really good, uh, and he's fighting against Eros Medic, who's seven and zero. He uh, Debuted in his last fight against uh, Elon Cruz and KO'd him with a, a flying knee, I think it was, and followed up with um, shots. Uh, and he's training out of King's MMA now as well. Uh, he's been finishing everyone pretty much in the first round, though. He's got like six um, first round finishes and one second round finish. Uh, but he does look wild at times to me. He comes in and he does swing and he does move forward. And, and with that range disadvantage, I think he could leave himself quite open in this fight. Uh, and then you've got the experience advantage as well for Turner. Which, which is quite big. So I don't really think Medic should be the favourite here. They've got him at 1.8, and I would kind of flip that over, and I, I think that Turner should be the one that's favoured in this fight. So, uh, yeah, I think you can get best odds 2.05 on Turner, and I think that's a really good bet. Yeah, 2.05 at Sport Nation there, but, yeah, you can still get evens at just about every bookie, as you can see on my screen here. I think you... You messaged me about this one earlier in the week, and I think it was 2.1 or something like that earlier in the week. Yeah, so it's slowly coming in. Yeah, slowly coming in. All right, nice, mate. We should get some decent CLV there. You know, we love our CLV over here. Um, Marlon Marais and Marab Dashvili, odds for this one. Uh, I've just got the method of victory markets, but I believe – Marias is around 3.2 and Dashvili around that 1.3, 1.4 mark. Yeah, so this should be a pretty high-level fight. Um, Marlon Marais is coming off the back of two KO losses. He got KO'd by Corey Sanhagen um, and Rob Font in his last mm-hmm. two fights. But he's a very dangerous fighter. He's got power in his hands. He's got really fast kicks, really powerful knees, and he's a submission threat when he hurts guys. You know, it wasn't it wasn't too long ago that people thought he was the best guy in the division. I mean, when he fought yeah. Henry Cejudo, he, he was favoured. 
against Henry Cejudo and he was seen as like the next big thing really but things change very quickly in the UFC uh, and he's fighting against uh, Merab Devashlevi who's a bit of a cardio machine he's got really good output he's, he's very big and strong uh, for that weight class as well he's, he's got good wrestling and he, you know he's a tough style matchup for Marais he can probably uh, you know Marais has got gas tank issues and, and we've seen that and, and Marab's going to test that but I still think that um Marais is a dangerous fighter, you know, even even coming off these two losses, I think he, he's going to know that Marab's going to look to outwork him, uh, but he's, he's, he's very capable of finding a finish here, so I just think there's a bit of recency bias with him coming off two losses, and I think uh, Marlon Marais to win inside the distance at 5.5 uh, with Bet365 is a really good bet, I think if you can get five or above, uh, I'd snap that up, I think it's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, considering I'm just looking at the the market here, you get 5.5 at just about every. Oh, wait, sorry, I'm looking at the wrong market here. Uh, no, I can't find it. Maybe, uh, maybe double chance I'll get that up. Uh, but, but yeah, yeah so um, on our checker with Bet365, it it says it's the KO market, but it's not. Mm. It's the uh, it's the it wins inside the distance market. So it includes submission, but on odds checker, it doesn't say it's submission for some reason, but you, yeah. you can get 5.5, or you, you could earlier today anyway. Yeah. No, terrific, mate. I, I, I agree. I mean, if, if I mean, Marais is a beast in the first round, but he's pretty he's pretty awful after that. So, I mean, maybe if people out there who, who want to just go for the round one kind of props, I've got no idea what the prices are, but, um, you know, that could be another angle too because if you're, you know, that's really being a – a cardio animal, mate. You wouldn't fancy his chances heading into the second and third round. So maybe that's another another way for people to approach it. Um, I've got one here: Curtis Blades, Jarzinho, Rose, and Strike. We talk about we talked about this briefly yesterday. Uh, I will get the odds up on my screen. I'm not sure if it's moved in or not because it did slightly yesterday. Um, the play here is is Blades by KO. Uh, I see you can still get 2.25 at Sky, but it's pretty decent. I took 2.3 yesterday. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not. I mean, I've never really rated Rosenstrike that heavily. He, he seems like just your, you know, your standard heavyweight who's basically got no, not too much wrestling, not too much grappling at all. Um, he's a decent striker. It's not like he's a. I mean, I'd say he's probably more technical than someone like Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis is, you know, sometimes can be a bit hit and hope. Um, but Rosenstrike, you know, he's got some decent technique. But I think, like, when it comes to Curtis Blades, I think he's got – has he already got the record for the most takedowns ever in, in heavyweight history or something like that? Or at least he's got the most – I think he got 14 takedowns, one fight against um, – Was it Volkov? He took Volkov down a lot, didn't he? Yeah. That was five rounds, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he, I mean, he's hes probably arguably the best wrestler in the division. Um, and Rosenstrike, as I said, pretty one-dimensional, just some decent striking. Uh, I think Blades will find it pretty easy to take him down or push him up against the fence and take him down that way. Make it a dogfight, mate. And I think uh, i think <laughs> the more he makes it a dogfight, the, the, the more it favours Blades because I... I I know, and we haven't really seen Rosenstrike that gassed at times. I mean, he's gone five rounds a couple of times, but he went five rounds against um, Cyril Garn, and that was a very slow pace. Uh, the Rose, I mean, the 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 Overeem fight, he did get he did get put on his back a little bit. But I think when you're coming up against Blades, it's just like you know, it's another kind of level of cardio you're going to have to exude. So, um, I've got a TKO victory here for Blades from exhaustion plus ground and pound. Um, and, I, and and even if it stays on the feet for, for elongated periods, I mean, Blade should have kept it on the feet against Derek Lewis. He was having success there. Um, as I said, Rosenstrike's probably a bit better on the feet than Lewis maybe. Maybe he's got maybe less power. But, um, yeah, I think even if it stays on the feet, I think he's got a chance at, you know, getting clipping him there too. So, um, I've got, yeah, I took Blades KO at 2.3, but that's come in a little bit. I would still, yeah, I'd still be happy to take maybe 2.25 or maybe even 2.2. You've got a similar kind of bet, haven't you? Yeah, so I, I've got Blades inside the distance. So I'll just cover the submission just in case he goes decides to go for a submission, which he, he hasn't done. But I've got uh, 2.15 on Poker Stars, so that's not too far off the KO line. And, uh, 
you can get 2.1 with Bet 365 as well. But yeah, like I say, he's got a huge advantage. I mean, his money line is like 1.35, and and that's based on his huge grappling edge. So if he does use that grappling edge, which I think after the Lewis fight, um, he probably is. Maybe he might be a little bit more tentative after getting knocked out. But like I say, he was looking pretty sharp on his feet, actually. That was the best mm. um, striking we've seen from Blades. You know, he was landing leg kicks. He was kind of in and out. But... Yeah, when Rosenstruck's been on his back, like in the overroom fight, he didn't he didn't really show much at all. And and you know, Blades is is really nasty from the top. He's got you know he's got really good control, and he you know smashes guys with those elbows like he messed up overroom really bad. Um, and I think he'll do the same to Rosenstruck. So you know, over three rounds, you fancy him to land a few takedowns, not even just one. And then when he does get the takedown, you know he's gonna he's gonna get some strong position. So. Uh, yeah, anything above evens, I, I, I'd take that. I think that's that's good. I think it'll probably close like 1.8, 1.9 as well. Mm. Yeah, I, I really I really rate Curtis Blades. I think there's like a top four in the heavyweight division and and everyone and, the, you know, the, the ones that come after that are just, I mean, maybe you could include someone like Volkov in there, but I think those top four like Blades, Miocic, Garn and Ngannou are just uh, are pretty far ahead of everyone else and, um, I'd love to – I mean, Blades has just got it wrong a few times, hasn't he? He just gets clipped, and it's a shame because I'd love to yeah. see him fight someone like a Stipe, um, you know, a Cyril Garn. So I think it just he's, – he's a good fighter, mate, and his, his striking's improving, but he just he just keeps getting clipped, doesn't he, the poor bastard? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he keeps – I mean, he's, well, he's been – Given Ngannou twice, and that you know that's a that's a rough ride for anyone. And then that Lewis fight, I mean, I'd still favour him in a rematch. I'd be pretty oh. happy to take him. Uh, you know, he'd probably be like one point five, one point six. You know, I'd snap that up. I just think it. Yeah. You know, he just he just ran into a big shot, which can happen to anyone, uh, and unfortunately happened to him. But yeah, I thought we might get a bit of a better price on him really after that. But uh, you know, the market's still showing him quite a lot of respect, and uh, I think he'll get the job done quite uh, quite easily if he, if he doesn't catch something big again. Yeah, and the money line here, you can still get 1.33 at a few bookies. I think that'll close closer to 1.25. I mean, I'm not, you know, people don't tend to like to back such short odds, but I think if, you know, if you if you still like a bit of CLV, I still think that that'll close a lot closer to 1.25 uh, in my opinion. So we'll see how that goes, mate. Um, Cynthia, Cynthia Calvillo, Jessica Andrade, mate, I'll get the odds up on the screen. Um, oh, I've once again gone to the method of victory markets, but you've got uh, you've got Andrade one point four at Bet three six five, Calvillo as high as three point two five. Yeah, so I just wanted to point out a bit of an outlier really that I saw earlier on, uh, and it is in the method of method uh, method of victory market, uh, and you can see is it still there? Yeah, uh, Paddy Power, uh, Skybet, and Betfair all have Andrade to win by KO at three point five, and, and that's a really good price because it's it's quite far above what everybody else mm. has got. Um, and yeah, Calvillo, she, she's pretty good. You know, she's she's kind of decent-ish everywhere, but I don't think she has the, the strength really to take Andrade down. And she doesn't have too much pop on her punches either. So I just see Andrade getting close. You know, she's got really good body shots. Like she finished Duke Hagen with a, a really nasty body shot. Uh, and I think she'll just rip shots. And I don't think Calvillo's even got much of a reach advantage over Andrade. Uh, so as long as Andrade is, you know, still mentally mentally there after Shevchenko beat her, uh, and she's, you know, she's still as tenacious as she usually is, uh, I would take that price if you can get it. Yeah, no, definitely. Is there a minimum price you take on that? Because I'm, I am assuming that price is probably going to go by the time this comes out. Um, I mean, I, I kind of just like that because it's a big outlier. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I can't get on it myself. I just wanted to point it out because probably somebody, <laughs> there's got to be a few people out there that have got either a Betfair Paddy or a, a Skybet account. I might be able to get like 20 quid combined on all like limited accounts, but it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, not much really. Gee, you're a good bloke, aren't you, mate? You're, just, you're finding out why <laughs> people out there. You're a beautiful man. All right. Um, <laughs> that um, that just about wraps up the, the the fights outside of the big three fights. So, mate, we'll move on. Nick Diaz versus Robbie Lawler. I mean, mate, who would have thought? Who would have thought we'd ever be talking about a fight like this? It seemed Nick Diaz was. Well, I'm, I'm not dead and buried, but it, it just seems like he's never going to fight again. I'll get the odds up. You've got Robbie Lawler. You can get as high as 1.91 in a few places. Diaz, 
you can get 2.04 there at SBK. Uh, I mean, it's it's basically a pick and fight. Diaz returns to the octagon first time since his loss to Anderson Silva in 2015. I know that's now been reversed as a no contest, but yeah, he did lose by decision. Um, and Lawler comes into this one on a four-fight losing streak. Uh, I guess the biggest question is around Diaz. Like, what are you, a fighter that hasn't been in the octagon <clears throat> for six years? We know he's, you know, we know he's a decent fighter. It's pretty obvious is his strengths and limitations overall. But you know, how do you, how do you see him coping with six years out? I guess keeping in mind that this bloke is probably one of the fittest guys to ever embrace the octagon. Him and his brother Nader. A cardio cardio kings mate they they're they're freaks so yeah overall thoughts yeah well there's just been some uh, new news on this fight as well they've, they've moved it up to 185 yes. apparently um at the request of nick diaz so don't know if that's a bit of mind games if diaz kind of was planning to do that all along he just he doesn't want to you know he's, he's 38 years old now maybe he doesn't want to cut that weight um so yeah that that's the the kind of new news uh but like you say he's not fought for six years which is kind of odd in a way because uh you know that's a that is a very long layoff uh, and he's missed kind of his prime years as well to be honest you know he's 38 now so you know it was 32 when he decided to kind of uh, have a semi-retirement and, and he's missed a lot of his prime years so there's going to be questions like you know is he going to come in rusty how much does he really want to fight is he is he just kind of taking the last payday because he knows he doesn't have many years left and he, you know he just wants to get a decent payday and and kind of live out the rest of his life on that because he, he has talked about not really enjoying fighting um, in interviews and stuff. He's talked about how, you know, he likes the training and stuff, but the actual fights uh, and the interview process and stuff like that, he, you know, he gets a lot of anxiety over that. So it's a really interesting fight for me. I mean, Lowell is mm-hmm. the one probably uh, probably with a bigger motivation uh, coming off four losses. That guy is a, is a fighter, you know, he has been active um, and Diaz fought, uh, beat him in the first fight all those years ago. Um, so yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Uh, I don't, you know, I've gone kind of back and forth on it, but you know, I couldn't really back Diaz just because of the layoff. Um, you can talk; he probably will have a cardio advantage. Like you say, he's he's very fit, but um, you know, he's not been training to fight for the last six years. He might he's probably still been doing jujitsu, still been doing a bit of boxing and stuff, but has he really been developing as like a martial artist? Whereas Lola's been fighting. Colby Covington and Woodley and, you know, top-level guys. Even Magny's a, a very good fighter. Mm. Uh, so I think I do favour Lola here. Um, kind of the bet I've looked at is taking Lola to win by KO at four. Uh, and, you know, the Diaz brothers do have these legendary chins, but you've got a six-year layoff. Um, you know, he's a guy that cuts. You know, he just cut up in fights. Um, it's likely to be a five-round standing fight. Um, you know, Lola's still got big power even at 39 years old. Um, and Diaz is pretty hittable as well you know he's kind of relied on that durability throughout his career but he has been stopped by cuts before it's not it's not something to be new so yeah I quite like that angle if you're looking for a bet I don't think it's um, like a huge value but you know if you want to bet on that fight that that will be what I'd be leaning towards yeah okay nice what do you what do you think about the I mean this this whole fight has just got like soft factors written all over it like there's so many like there's nothing like imprinted in this fight where you look at. It's hard to like, yeah. Just there's so many different things you can look at rather than just like you know the X's and O's of a fight. You know the layoffs, the you know how the, the now they've added in the the weight cut weight cutting thing. So it's just like, do you for the? I mean, let's start with that. The fight being moved to middleweight so late in the piece. I mean, you could you could look at it and say, I mean, this was the plan all along. They've just announced it now. But do you – I look at it and say this could be an advantage for Lawler just because if it's coming from the Diaz side of things, <clears throat> you know, he could just have, you know, he maybe not trained too much for this fight and now he's like, shit, let's make it at middleweight. You could also look at it from the fact that, I mean, I would say Lawler's maybe the bigger bloke. I mean, he's certainly more musclier. Muscular, I don't even know if that's a word. Muscular, maybe that's muscular. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's like this. I mean, that's going to help Lawler out long term in the fight, not having to cut as much weight and maybe being the heavier bloke. So, I mean, yeah. Do you look at it the same way as me and say that's a little little advantage for Lawler? Possibly. Uh, I mean, Diaz 
uh, could be coming in with like a slight injury as well, which is why he's not been able to drop the drop the weight. Maybe he's not been able to get the running in. Um, there's that possibility. I mean, it's just odd, isn't it? But kind of Nick Diaz has always been a little bit odd, hasn't he? Really, like he, mm. you know, that's kind of uh, part of his appeal, isn't it? But um, yeah, I don't. Know, I think that's why I lean Lawler in this fight. You know, how can you bet on a guy that you're not seen for six years as well? It's uh, yeah, you know, there's a six years is a long time. Uh, you know, who knows what he looks like when he when he comes out? Um, he is could he not a just fighter, be a little though? bit flat, you know. I mean, he seems like a natural fighter, doesn't he? But that's the thing. It's like the Diaz brothers. Like I, I reckon, mate, they could come. You know, he could fight in ten years from now after a fifteen-year layoff, and he'd still be. The same. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like they're just. I mean, it's 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 kind of you know one of those things where it's in his blood. I'd love to ask you, like as a you know as someone that's that's fought in the past, like what do you think about his his chin? Do you think you know having do you because you can look at this from two ways? I believe like having six years off, he's probably taken less shots over six years than his previous six years before that. So his chin, you know, might hold up a little bit better in that way. He's also very fit. And then on the other hand, he hasn't been touched for six years. I mean, I'm sure he's been in the gym and sparring every yeah, now and then. Yeah. But uh, what what way do you kind of lean on in terms of how good his chin might be after a six-year layoff? I don't know, really. It's, it's something that's hard to kind of quantify, isn't it? Because, um, like you say, he's not been through those wars that Lawl has been through. You know, Lawl has been through a lot of, uh, a lot of wars, but his, his chin's, you know, in his last fight and historically it has been very good. He's not really shown. Uh, I mean, Woodley put him out, but, you know, Woodley, Woodley does hit pretty hard. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in a way, it must be good for your brain, I imagine, not to be, you know, taking those, like, minor concussions on, like, you know, a weekly basis. That's That's got to be good for your, for your long-term health, at least. But also you kind of, um, you do get conditioned to eating punches by, um, taking them regularly as well so you could look at that side but it's something that's really hard to quantify really I don't, don't uh, yeah yeah, I don't really know how you how you cap mate. it like how you uh... <laughs> no one likes the fence sitter mate <laughs> um, let, let's talk a little bit about Lawler because I think he's a he's a really interesting case and I think I when I first looked at this fight I favoured Diaz and, and I think it was just um I think it was all just basically narratives that you hear in the media or I don't even know if I heard it in the media. It was just a narrative that I formed by myself and that was like, you know, Robbie's on a four-fight losing streak um, and, and, and like, you know, he got beat up pretty bad by Colby Covington. I'm trying to remember some of the other fights he had too, but um, even the Neil Magny fight, I looked that one back and, and it was just like, yeah, he got out-wrestled, which is probably not going to happen in this fight. But when it was striking, Magny looked – I would say Magny looked a little bit frightened, especially at the start uh, and in the second round too. Like Magny wanted to get this into the wrestling ASAP. Um, I think he took maybe a few just, you know, a few slight punches from Lawler and he was like, no, I don't want any of this. And Magny's like, you know, he's not a slouch on the feet. He's not terrible. I mean, it's not his, it's not his you know, it's not his A game or anything like that. But um, – yeah, I don't think he's he's 38, Lawler, I think, but he's 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 not aged that badly. Like he's been through so many wars. I think it's kind of incredible that he's not he's not looking worse than he is now. Yeah, yeah, he still looks pretty good, and um, he's gone to the, uh, is it Sanford MMA as well? I think he's changed camps for this fight as well, so he's mixing things up a little bit. Uh, and for him, you know, it's it's a legacy fight, isn't it? You know, he's got a chance to. Uh, to get that win back so I mean Lola's probably not got many fights left with his style uh, and at his age you know he's probably only got maybe two three fights left so so this is a big fight for him and like I say with Diaz like question his mentality and I think it's it's most likely he just wants a payday really whilst whilst he can still get it so uh, that's yeah like the more we talk about it the more I kind of lean Lola so yeah uh, I'm the same right now I'm kind of thinking <laughs> yeah I, I, and I, I think like you kind of just mentioned there, like Diaz is the Diaz brothers have never been ones that are too concerned about wins and losses. Like it's not the be all and end all. It's about getting paid and and putting on a show for the fans. So although putting on a show might end up, you know, Robbie Lawler getting his face punched in, but um, you know, it's not like if Lawler's won, you know, it's not like he's about winning rounds. If you get what I mean, like Lawler's, Lawler's almost an expert at winning rounds. I mean, he, he's won so many tight decisions against Condit, uh, 
Johnny Hendricks fight. Yeah. Uh, Rory, I mean, Rory McDonald, he was kind of in a points fight with until he turned his world upside down. But, um, yeah, yeah I, I – uh, yeah, I'm talking. I'm really. We're talking ourselves into this Lawler Lawler bet. Aren't we? <laughs> I mean, earlier in the week, you could get. I saw I could get like 1.95 for Lawler, which I kind of wish I took now, just with that weight cutting thing added onto it. But I think there's still 1.91 left. Was what I. That's the best odds I saw. Um, yeah. But you see, after that weight, the the weight change news, money has come in on Lawler, so it just seems like mm. people are seeing it kind of a similar way. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go out and say I'd take Lawler at 1.9, but I think you might get some, what do you reckon? You might get a little bit of, uh, what do you call it? Money. I mean, money just come in late for Diaz because his name's yeah. his last name's Diaz. So yeah, recreational money. I call recre- it like that was the money. I was, yeah. that was the name I was looking. <laughs> <I don't know laughs> just kind of punters that want to bet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but so. yeah, yeah. I think if you you like maybe on Betfair or something like that, you know, some I think that's quite good sometimes just for big recreational. Uh, the whale amounts coming in sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the whale sometimes you do get like just a ten k. 10k 20k bomb just coming through the market and uh yeah and it'll probably be on diaz yeah so so it's probably jonas mate for all we know it's probably just jonas <laughs> it might be yeah pocket money yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly all right mate uh we uh we really you know we dissected everything in that fight. I'm, I'm really looking forward to now to be so so interesting and, and overall it's going to be a it's going to be a terrific fight isn't it so should be a cracker um valentina shevchenko and lauren murphy i will get the odds up Obviously, Shevchenko is disgustingly low. She's you, as high you can get her at one point zero nine. If he as high as elevens and tens, and maybe even a little bit lower than that, um, Murphy gets the title shot after a five-fight win streak dating back to two thousand and nineteen. But as I've kind of just mentioned, she comes up against you know arguably the best female fighter of all time. She's only lost to the goat Amanda Nunes. Amanda Nunes. Uh, twice, but I mean, you know, those fights were were very, very close. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, the the easiest way to dissect this one is just is do you have any hope for Murphy Murphy at all? And like, how could you see her potentially beating Shevchenko? Maybe Shevchenko sprains her ankle in the first round or something, and uh, yeah, you know, Murphy can like hold against the cage or get takedowns, but. It's pretty slim, isn't it? She's uh, outgunned everywhere, really. And I do like Murphy a better quite a few times. She's, um, you know, she's she's strong. She's uh, she's pretty durable. She, she's going to fight for your money when you bet on her as well. She, she's not someone that looks to quit. So initially, I was kind of looking at Valentina by Shevchenko just because I thought that Murphy's the type of fighter that might be able to gut it out. And, and sometimes you Shevchenko does coast as well. By Shevchenko, by the way. I don't know. I'm tired, man. I'm uh, barely any sleep. <laughs> I'll take that too, Valentina by Shevchenko. Yeah. Uh, what was I saying? Yeah, sometimes she just coast like um, against Liz Carmouche and uh, who else did she coast against? Uh, Jennifer Meyer as well. She doesn't. She doesn't always pull the trigger, you know. Uh, and then she did come out and toast uh, Jessica Andrade last time. So. Uh, yeah, Shevchenko by decision, sorry, is, is what I was looking at. Uh, not Valentina by Shevchenko. <laughs> I mean, she's that good, she could knock herself out, I reckon. Well, yeah, yeah she could do, yeah. Um, but I, I did see it at four somewhere, but that seems to have disappeared, and now I'm not I'm not as interested in, in 3.5 and, and 3.25, to be honest. Uh, so it's a pretty tough one. I was looking at the over-under market a little bit as well, but not many books have that, so it's it's probably not worth mentioning, but... If you get like over two point five uh, rounds at like evens, I'd probably take that. But um, I think that's coming as well, just because Murphy is tough, and I feel I think she'll get out the first few rounds, and then if Valentina's in the mood to kind of coast as well and and not really go for the finish, um, then you know she'll get through those two and a half rounds uh, quite easily. I think, but yeah, they don't have it in odds checker. It's uh, it's not a market that you tend to get with the European bookies for some reason. You get it uh, with the American ones, and I think it's on Betfair as well. Yeah, um, but yeah, it might be worth looking on. Pinnacle will have it too, I guess. Oh, is it? Yeah, so maybe on fight day, it might be worth having a look, seeing what the odds are, and if you can get uh, like over 2.5 uh, around evens, I'd, I'd take that. How, I mean, for those people who don't know uh, Lauren Murphy too much, would you, like, what are her, 
Can you just yeah, explain like the best way to win, like she could win the fight or, you know, maybe just explain her style a little bit? Yeah, so she's kind of just solid everywhere. She's got she's got pretty good wrestling. She's got fairly decent boxing. She's not she's not like an outstanding athlete, but she's um, she's like a, a grinder, you know, almost like a, a John Fitch type, I suppose. Just not not yeah. spectacular, but but she'll gut through things and she'll she'll you know she'll like I say she'll fight for your money if you bet on her. Uh, so maybe she can make it a dog fight. You know, get into the clinch, land body shots, go for takedowns, maybe get some uh, cage control. But on either legs, try and slow Shevchenko down as much as possible. Yeah, okay. Um, I've gotten up the pinnacle odds, mate. Uh, you got, yeah, over under two and a half oh, here. So you can get over two and a half at 1.862. Yeah, I probably wouldn't take that. So I did see some like American books had it like 1.95, I think, earlier earlier this week, but maybe it's coming. But um like I say, you could post it up on Betfair. It might get taken. You never know. Yeah. All right, mate. Um, yeah, anything else to say on this one? I mean, it's it's just it's just one of those fights. It's just a shame this division's just <laughs> it's just it's just one and everyone else, isn't it? So it's it's a bit of a shame. It's almost like there's a one number one is Shevchenko, number two is on charge, and then like everyone else falls behind that. Yeah, I mean, it's a shame now as well because, um, like, a few years ago, you used to be able to kind of back Cyborg and Nunes and Shevchenko and you get, like, 1.2 on them, which is really good value because they are probably, like, 90% certain in, in a lot of scenarios and in a lot of fights, and that, that was a tactic I used to use quite a lot. I, I used to quite like betting them because you, in women's fights, you don't get too much variance either. You know, you're not getting, like, crazy knockouts and submissions mm-hmm. against the, the top-level women are pretty rare because they're very talented. So that was... Uh, a good money maker earlier on, but the the odds. I mean, Shevchenko is probably like ninety five percent in this spot. So even at like one point one, there is probably value. It's just that I'm not a fan of betting those odds really. And then you've got to um, kind of think about injuries and stuff like that as well. Obviously, that that's always uh, uh, my DQs, I suppose as well. You've got to factor those in, which you know it's going to be maybe one two percent maybe. So yeah, just kind of stay away from those type of odds, even though they might be a little bit of value. Yeah. All right, mate. Let's uh, let's move on then. It's 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 just not too exciting talking about that fight. So we can spend a lot of time talking about this one because it's a it's a cracking fight here. The featherweight title fight: Alexander Volkanovsky versus Brian Ortega. Volkanovsky's odds are coming in a little bit. You got we can get one point six maybe in a few places. Uh, Brian Ortega as high as two point five in some places. Uh, Volkanovski <clears throat> coming off his first title defense against Max Holloway. I know a lot of people don't think uh, Volkanovski won the fight, but still, he's still undefeated in the UFC. So he's, you know, him and him and Holloway are, uh, you know, <laughs> even if you defend your title against Holloway and and it's a dodgy kind of decision, it's still pretty impressive. Uh, Brian Ortega has only fought once since December of 2018 uh, in that victory over Zombie about a year ago. Uh, I guess the story out of that one was all of a sudden Brian Ortega has elite striking. He was, you know, he was very, very impressive against Zombie. Um, Do we think that Ortega's striking has improved to the point where he can either match it with Volkanovski or I guess get the advantage on the feet here? Um, I don't think he'll have the advantage. I think he'll, he'll uh, like the Korean zombie fight was an interesting one because he rocked him pretty early on with that, that spinning back elbow and, and zombie was pretty much out after that. And I think he said like he couldn't remember uh, the rest of the fight. So after that point, zombie was kind of just just uh, kind of waiting on him and allowing Ortega to dictate the fight. And maybe that made Ortega look better because uh, it went five rounds. It, it Maybe it looked like, you know, he's kind of a, elite now and that he's... Uh, you know he's really good at dictating the range and stuff, but I think Volkanovski, as long as he doesn't get caught with something early, will be able to um, kind of put it on Ortega a little bit more. And we've seen in Ortega's previous fights that when guys do put it on him as well, he tends to struggle. Obviously, the Holloway fight's the, the best example where Holloway just completely drowned him. But even in other fights, we've seen him uh, like kind of be losing the fight until he would grab something like Moicano was uh, piecing him up and, and getting mm-hmm. the better of that fight until he. Uh, I think uh, he got a guillotine in that fight. 
So there's a few question marks. I mean, Ortega's changed his team completely, I think, since those days. So he's got this new team. He's got um, like a new strength and conditioning coach, wrestling coach. He's got specific coaches for every area. So it does seem like he's doing things right. Uh, and, you know, he's got natural power. And he's, uh, he's a submission threat everywhere as well. So it's, it's going to be a really, really good fight. I'm really looking forward to it. But I think the odds are kind of kind of about right, to be honest. Like, I do, I do rate Volkanovski as well. I think he's quite underrated. But you look at um, the competition that he's beaten, like, obviously, he's beaten Aldo, Holloway twice. You know, it's pretty ridiculous, really. Uh, so, so you've got to favor him in this fight. He's more proven uh, in the five-round title fights as well. Uh, so it's it's just a really tough one for me. I think the odds are about right. I was, I was hoping that Ortega will get backed in just off his last performance. I thought, you know, mm. he, he might get a bit more money because of that. But it's kind of gone the other way, which is interesting because uh, Volkanovski is not like a massive fan favourite really either. So I think that kind of says something about, um, you know, where the sharp money is. And I think it's probably coming uh, Volkanovski, to be honest. Yeah, I still think I still think Volkanovski could get backed in a little bit more. I I just think this is like a pretty good stylistic matchup for him. I think Ortega in that fight against Zombie, like yeah, he looked he looked tremendous. But we're not talking about a Zombie from you know maybe two or three years ago. Um, and yeah, like you said, it, it Zombie was pretty pretty hittable in that fight. Um, and and I I don't really see how this fight goes to the ground either. I mean, you know. Maybe it does, but Volkanovski, I mean, I can't remember the last time he was taken down. Um, <clears throat> so I guess I can just see this being on the on the feet for the whole for the whole five rounds. And Volkanovski, man, he's just he's a tricky puzzle, isn't he? Like you you know you're bloody good when when Holloway I mean, I know he had success Holloway had a success against him in that last fight, but I mean it's not like it was, you know, we're talking about edging rounds here. We're not talking about anything close to a blowout, and 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 it was enough for Volkanovski to get a decision. So he's got dangerous leg kicks too. I mean, do you think he should? Do you think he'll be able to get some of those leg kicks off on Ortega? Yeah, I think he probably will, especially if Ortega tires. I think that they could become a factor. And like you say, uh, if it goes to the ground, it's going to be you know Volkanovski is dictating really whether it goes to the grounds or not because Ortega's never really been a, mm. a huge um, takedown threat and uh, he's going to find it hard to get in on Volkanovski who's you know, a lot more shorter, stockier he's got that type of build which is really tough to take down like guys that are built like that it's it's very hard to get anything on him uh, you know it's not like um, Ortega's going to be able to get down and get a single leg or something like that Volkanovski will be the one that dictates the grappling I think so it comes down to it being uh, pretty much a striking fight, I think, unless Volkanovski decides to, to go to the ground, but I don't think he will unless he gets hurt. Um, so, yeah. yeah, you're probably looking at a five-round striking fight, really. Yeah. I th- I think Volkanovski's also just one of the smartest guys in MMA. Like, you can just... He's so tactical, and, and you have to be that way if you're going to if you're gonna beat Max Holloway. Oh, you wouldn't you wouldn't read about it. We've uh, We've got an intruder here. Here he is, eh? Uh. Just seconds. Let me see if I can hear you guys. <laughs> All right, maybe we should just keep going until Jonas can hear us. Um, I was, uh, yeah, so I, I guess my thoughts on this is I think Ortega's best chance of winning is probably in the first maybe one or two rounds, maybe catches Volkanovsky with something uh, and gets a submission or just gets a knockout. I don't believe that if it goes past the second round. I just can't see Ortega winning a technical striking fight with Volkanovski. So my bet for this one is, and I've already bet this, you can still get it, which is great. Uh, Volkanovski by decision at 2.5. I think think the only way Ortega gets finished is maybe in the later kind of rounds. But I I just don't see Volkanovski as one of those guys that's just going to absolutely lay it on to get the finish. And I think Ortega's striking is decent enough to kind of stay in the fight. So I think Volkanovski at 2.5 decision is is bloody decent. Uh, So I've already bet that. Uh, I'd still take it, you know, maybe 2.35 if, you, you know, you can still get that in a couple of places. So... Um, yeah, I quite like Volkanovski by decision here. Uh, Jonas, can you can you talk now, mate? Yeah, sorry. Uh, I changed. had to change everything. I had to plug things in and out, and I was already very late. It was uh, that's normal. There's just 
too much on the schedule and then you're realizing you're like okay fuck i need to start something out now uh it's just unprofessional fight, isn't it no it's not but it's difficult <laughs> when you have a bunch of things to, uh, uh so but I, this fight i also do find very interesting uh and i'm surprised to hear you're so hype about volkanovsky against ortega uh like how do you think uh the covid implications is gonna have any impact for volkanovsky because he's been out for a long time other people have had covid and they've just gotten everything straight away he's been out for a long time mate and it's definitely yeah. due to some serious uh covid implications that's the only reason why this fight hasn't happened and yeah well think, he and, uh, he went through a he went through a very tough case of covid um he, he well, when was his last fight? Like end of last year, from off the top of my head. Yeah, it was a Fight Island one, wasn't it? Yeah, so it against, might have been the year. Against Holloway. Against Holloway. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, I understand where you're coming from, but I don't know. I just, I just think like Volkanovski's just uh, if he was having serious problems with with his cardio or you know his his his, you know, COVID kind of issues. Like, I don't, I don't see him him taking a fight. I, don't, I think he's too smart to do that. So I think if it was, you know, if it was still playing on his mind, I think, you know, he could he could keep delaying this as long as long as he really wants. And, you know, they probably do like an interim title fight with Holloway. So, yeah, I don't know. And it's not like, I don't know. Do you think Ortega's yeah. like, a, like a cardio yeah. beast if it gets to that point? I just found him extremely technical in his last fight and I was really impressed with him. And I thought for sure, I was like, I'm definitely going to be betting Ortega against Volkanovski. Hmm, interesting. So, uh, but again, it's uh, it's hard to say. And this is conspiracy uh, as always from my side. Um, but but I just don't see that he's in tip-top shape. How, lo how long can you actually like postpone this? Uh, I think a lot of the fans is getting a bit sick of like a champion just postponing, postponing, postponing. So it's kind of like, well, if you're not gonna, you might have to give up your t uh, your belt if you're not fighting anytime soon. And it, they just agreed on this date uh, a couple of months ago, and it's go on and give it what you got. I'm not saying it's not gonna be uh, good, but it might not be 100%. Is what I'm saying. I don't know what you think about that, Ryan. Yeah, it's a possibility, but I've uh, I've got some inside info on this fight as i know um one of volkanovsky's like good friends and ex-training partners they both um they both won uh, a scholarship to tiger muay thai at the same the same time and, and they won it in the same year so they're they're quite um close so I, i've got to speak to to this individual and he uh says the volkanovsky is in pretty good shape and that uh he's uh yeah, that he's kind of over these health scares, and that he's uh, yeah, he should be 100%. Well, we'll, we'll yeah. see though, that, that you know, he might, might just be saying that, but yeah, uh, my, my sources, my sources say that uh, he's in good shape. <laughs> okay, my individual, okay, okay, okay. I will, so, I will yeah. add to it that with Volkanovsky, if you want something to go against him, too, is quite late so he only flew out on um i think monday or sunday one week before the fight so i mean <clears throat> it's still one week to you know get yourself in shape so you you know you might have a tougher tougher weight cut um you know maybe it's worth just seeing how he looks on the scales if you want to you want to look at some more soft factors i mean you know you've got dan hooker he's a, you know another case who's you know just terrible run into the fight you know he's he's still as we speak right now he's still in new zealand so um yeah, and he's an not allowed to train. I, I read an article about that that he the police yeah. is checking his own gym, which only he would be at, and is not allowed to use it. Yeah, the New Zealand COVID restrictions are, yeah, they're crazy. So uh, he could. Why is he even fighting then? That's uh, well, he I needs mean, the, he needs seems, the yeah, Here's well, the thing with Hooker maybe, is yeah. uh, Hooker couldn't even. Um, he had to. I mean, the way the quarantine works in New Zealand is. He had to book his quarantine to come back like months ago, so he basically told the UFC that I need to fight on this date, and if it's you know if it's anything later than this date, then I can't fight because if I can't come back in quarantine at that point, then I have to then I might have to wait. You know, I wouldn't be able to do quarantine for like another year or something like that. So, yeah, Dan Hooker's one is very much a case of 
he needs to fight now or, or, or it could be another year before he can fight. So, but I mean, yeah, kind of getting off topic, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know, Jonas. I, I really, I don't support you on this one, mate. Unfortunately. Now, of course. Uh, I don't know. I'm where taking the inside info. I don't know where Wilkonowski is from, but I'm guessing he's an Aussie. No, mate. No, he's not Australian, is he? No, I wouldn't have that kind of bias, would I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it. But um, so what was your, just a quick, give me a quick uh, sum up about your other uh, picks so I can go on the other side on all of them. <laughs> it sounds like that's what I'm doing here. <laughs> um, all right, we'll do a quick summary. So we've got, I mean, Ryan's taken Turner. Who you can? He still likes the price on him now. You got Marias. Was it? Was it? Yeah, Marias finish at five point five. Yeah, in, inside the distance. Yeah. Uh, blades. I've got. We both got blades. Or you? You took blades inside the distance, but I've got blades knockout at two point three. Calvio Andrade. You got Andrade by KO three point five. Diaz and Lawler. I guess we're kind of in the same boat here. You like. Lawler KO at four, but I'm thinking you could just back Lawler on the money line at 1.95 or more than that if you, if you can get something like that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's no real bet for the Shevchenko fight. There is. You can make 8%. No risk. No, no nothing. <laughs> <laughs> like, the only thing, if, you, if you're betting, like, low-level fights, you're afraid of that armbar. Chevchenko is not going to get armbarred. She's not going to lose this on decision. I don't know if Murphy has the power to knock her out. Yeah, there's a chance of her stepping over and breaking. Like, uh, uh, I'm not going to compare it with uh, the McGregor, but it's like you, you kick and then something happens to your leg or something, whatever, if that actually was the case or not. But uh, it's, it's close. I think even, like I've learned, even betting a Chevchenko at one Ten is it's good. <laughs> yeah, we did we did we did talk about that. Uh, we did say that yeah. it's probably still value. You know, she might yeah. break her ankle or uh, maybe she gets disqualified or something. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, she's probably still value. Probably get one point one on Betfair, I would think. Yeah, I know. Uh, I feel like it's a it's a, a difficult card. It's a lot of fighters that you haven't seen too much frequently, and. Uh, it's hard to know when they have been off for a long period how much progression because I do feel, especially now with uh, uh, COVID and all of these things, some people is just going to progress so much better than others. It, like uh, Hooker doesn't have the right, uh, well, he might have the right team around him, but he doesn't have the right uh, setup in order to work out as good as you can in some of the gyms in the US. So it, it is difficult to, to guess, but you you just got to sit ready and watch and see what happens and uh, figure out who has the bad gas tank and see if that still is the case or not. As soon as you see uh, tendencies. Yeah. All right. Any other bets for you, Jonas, mate? For the whole code? The only bet that was tempting to me was Ortega. And I'll be happy to, to do a little bet with you. Just... Uh, just betting against an Australian who wants to back an Australian, you know, I don't mind that. <laughs> Happily, mate. What odds will you give me on Volkanovski? We can just do whatever the med- medium price is on Pinnacle. Uh, whatever that is. Uh, I go into... Oh, mate, I've, I've already backed him a couple of times already, so you're going to have to give but me a pretty special better, price I'll... to take another bit. Okay, I'll give you a special price. A special price for you, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love it. One sixty-three. One sixty-three. Mate, I've already I've already taken him at like one sixty-five, so it's like it's not that not that exciting. If you move the market, I'll give you one sixty-six for five hundred bucks. Okay. <laughs> You're a top. All right, let's <laughs> let's get to the best bets of the weekend. <clears throat> Start with you, Ryan, mate. What's your what's your best one out of everything we talked about today? So I like Jalen Turner, uh, 2.05. I think that's uh, anything above evens or even evens is good. I think he should be about 1.8. So, yeah, I think that's a good bet. Terrific, mate. Jonas or Tiger? <laughs> yeah, no, my best bet would still be uh, Chevchenko. <laughs> 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 it's it's, it's going to win. It's going to win. 
Um, all right, and and myself, I've 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 already done this, but if you can get something decent on this, I I'm going full full mug here. But I think all of these will close shorter. I've gone Blades Ortega. Oh, jeez, Blades Volkanovski and Shevchenko and a little little parlay. I reckon I reckon the true odds on that is about two point one something like that, and I've got it at. With an odds boost, I might just say, 2.44 at one bookmaker. So I think if you can get, you know, anything 2.25, you know, and above, I'd I'd take those three in a parlay. I, I reckon Blades will get close to 1.25. I think Volkanovski could get close to 1.5, and and Shevchenko. I mean, just just throw her in there for a bit of fun. I think I think she could also close shorter than she is now. So we're going full mug, fellas. Full mug. I like it. All right. You can find these terrific gentlemen on Twitter at SM Sports Trader and Jonas Yell. Uh, and and let's let's do a bit of promotion for for Ryan's new service. Hey mate, hey, where can we where can people find your new service? And maybe tell us a little uh, bit about it. No, it's just on the Smart Sports Trader website. So there's uh, an area called the Smart Sports Betting Community, and it just covers uh, my MMA betting, uh, some Betfair trading. We look at Plus EV Casino offers, and then we look at um, my promotional boost from bookmakers as well. So it's more aimed at people from the UK for the last two uh, casino offers and um, bookmaker promotions. But the uh, other stuff, you know, if you've got access to Betfair, um, then you'll be pretty good, really. So, yeah, you can uh, you can take a look. It's all on there if you, if you uh, fancy it. Yeah. Highly recommend for everyone out there looking to looking to get an edge in sports betting and sports trading. You're a smart man, Ryan. So I think anyone that uh, that joins that service would be would be making a, a good choice. Mate, oh, quiz yeah, question. Let, let, let me let me steal the spotlight a little bit also. Oh, you got some promotion so, to do, mate. You got to, you finally yeah, got a I do, I sponsor. Do no, no, no. So you know, I've been starting to stream uh, a bit of poker with some of the guys that I live with, and we started like yeah. two months ago. And uh, one or two weeks ago, we set the all-time Twitch record in biggest score on Twitch. And uh, the guy sitting behind me here, he's scored like 600k, which is 150k more than uh, Doug Polk scored for when he was streaming. <laughs> but Doug Polk wasn't even showing his soul cards. So uh, it was, uh, we're on to a good, uh, good start. And then the next week was a 200k score. And uh, it's fun. Uh, also trying to do bit similar thing just trying to show more create more content around what's life like as a poker player uh, or a gambler in general and uh we'd be jetting off to some exotic location hopefully australia if they open up for a little bit of uh vacation gonna see me surfing with alex oh mate imagine that content imagine that <laughs> okay, gambler, screw your 600k mate millions mate yeah and also, uh, Overbet Express, if you Twitch, Instagram, all of the channels. So yeah. that was a bit of a self-promo there, too. Uh, and, yeah. you know, we, we do a bit of delay, but not like 30 minutes as uh, my appearance on this uh, uh, podcast was. <laughs> <laughs> how, how much did Espen uh, win, end up winning? 600 and something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, 600k. So good, good celebration good in the house, mate. Yeah, well, we haven't really done much, to be honest. It's just been a lot of things to sort out afterwards prior to that. Uh, um, and then there's other things that's been visitors now. My girlfriend's sister arrived and uh, her boyfriend. Uh, it's just so much to do. Also, also, crypto has been going off the roof, going up and down. So I'm trying to go get involved in that space and... Uh, Still got a lot to learn and uh, need to be a bit better with bankroll management when it comes to crypto. <laughs> that shit is wingy. That <laughs> makes my sports betting graph look like uh, steady compared to this. Yeah, right. So, yeah, yeah. It, it's, but it's, it's just been a bunch of things. So, and planning in regards to leaving London now in a month. So, oh, it's in the books. It's, it's ready to go. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Are you, are you joining uh, Thailand though? You, oh, okay. I was going to say, are you going to join Tiger Muay Thai or? Oh, well, 
well, I'm not going to say anything, but if you are uh, giving me attitude, you can feel, you can feel the right location. Side. I've been working out with Ryan behind. <laughs> I've been working out with Ryan for two years. So I know the grappling and everything. Now I just need to do work on my kicks. Where in uh, Thailand are you going to? Uh, so I think we're going to start with Phuket and then we're going to go to Kusamui and uh, just go a bit tear in there and see. Like oh, nice. start with one month each place and be open to anything after that. If it's Mexico, if it's uh, other places in Asia, we don't know. Just uh, going to go and see. I've got a house and in uh, Udantani, so you can you can go stay there if you want. My uh, my wife's alcoholic yeah, brother's there at the moment, and there's there's no internet either. But, <laughs> but you're oh. welcome to uh, stay there if you want. <laughs> kind of rely on internet though. <laughs> no, where where I don't know where about that is though. Uh, like the northern very, part, it's uh, it's quite a nice area. It's kind of airport. It's uh, yeah, it's pretty yeah. nice. It seems. It's so many nice places there. Like you got Bali, Philippines, Vietnam. It's so much to see, and uh, yeah, getting out of this office is gonna be uh, be nice. After it's been three nice years, but uh, time to work on my tan also. As you can see, my face kind of looked the same as my <laughs> t-shirt. Kind of goes well together. Like you yeah. could actually separate uh, Alex's from his uh, Alex's face from his t-shirt, whereas with me, it's different, difficult. Yeah. So, uh, need to get yeah. you to Australia, mate. Need to get you in the sun, mate. Okay, I'll, I'll keep the spare bedroom open for you, mate. It's, uh, yeah. I think, yeah, it's right in your price range, mate. But do you mind removing that Aubameyang uh, poster from the spare bedroom, mate? If you if you come and stay in my spare bedroom, I will put any poster you want up. All right, I'll remove any poster you like. It would be an absolute honor. Okay, okay cool. I'll I will come. I will come, and I will uh, educate. Uh, your fiance a bit about how to treat a uh, Australian man as you're not just a Swedish man and <laughs> you have different kind of values. <laughs> oh, you're an idiot. All right. We've gone, we've gone very <laughs> off track here. I hope everyone's okay, still sorry. with us. No, it's all right. I mean, people, people love listening about your life, mate. So I'm sure people are still, um, still tuned in, but this is the you know best part of the podcast right here. Quiz question. Who was Ortega's first opponent in the UFC and what was the result? I'll give you first guess, Jonas. Uh, Ortega won. Uh, he was, I have no idea who was fighting. <laughs> All right. Um, and and Ryan, your guess, mate. Yeah, I, I guess he won by submission, but when I'm thinking about his early fights, I know uh, Tiago Tavares maybe, Diego Brandao, they were quite early on, but... I think he fought somebody else, but I just can't remember. Terrific. I finally got both of you. It was uh, Mike Della Torre. It was actually a rear naked choke submission. I believe it was inside a minute, but it got overturned to a no contest after he tested positive for drostanolone, which is a uh-huh. steroid. So Ortega is a steroid abuser, everyone. Just to just just to let you know. Oh, oh my god! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Only, oh, only you could want to back an ex-steroid abuser, Jonas. Oh, okay, so if, if we're betting now and Volkanovski is losing, are you gonna be like, oh, but he took steroids, <laughs> steroids like six years ago? The bet is a void. Yeah, it's <laughs> I took uh, Vigo Belfort last week, and he he yeah. got juiced to the gills in that boxing fight against this crazy eight-year-old Evander Holyfield. So yeah. Did you look at the fight? Yeah, I bet on Belfort because uh, yeah, it's same, just, same um, was, Yeah, I knew it was very off. The movements, everything was very slow, but he looked well for being fifty-eight. Also, I must say, and yeah, he did. Um, he did yeah. It, kind of the irony of that weekend, like early on that uh, the same evening, there was a final in the U.S. Open for females, combi- combined age of thirty-seven. Then it was a boxing match with combined age of. 102 years or something like that and you're like <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. it's a lot of life experience and when you take out like you know probably wearing nappies for three years that's six years so 15 years when they've been like grown up together each compared to the other guys okay sorry that was very off track again <laughs> I, I listened to the promoter of Trilla in an interview and he was saying he thought for all money Holyfield was going to win he was like basically defending the um 
you know, defending the fact that he put the fight on and Holyfield at 58 got absolutely ruined. And he was saying, yeah, I thought for all money Holyfield was going to knock him out and blitz him in the first round. I was just like, oh. Obviously hasn't hasn't followed Vitor Belfort's career very closely and the fact that he might have been on a few few substances, (laughs) let's just say. So, yeah. Anyway, crazy times. Um, Okay. I think that'll that'll do it for us, fellas. Terrific, terrific chat. Uh, next podcast coming up, we'll we'll be back tomorrow, hopefully, with the preview of the the weekend of football. But thanks for listening. Please do a quick rate and review of the podcast and subscribe to us wherever you listen to our podcast. And if you're looking sorry, to implement some of the strategies we talked about today on the podcast, more so the value betting ones, start a free week trial of TradeMate Sports. Gents, pleasure having you on once again. Great to be talking about the great sport of MMA and we'll see you next time. See you later, fellas.